Good morning. Happy Sabbath. I was in retirement after serving for two consecutive terms. My wife said she needed my time. So we sat and we talked. And I decided I will not serve again. It was time to take a break. But God had other plans. I was at work and I got a call. And the Lord say, answer the call. And I answered the call. So I'm here this morning again, hiding behind the cross. Just a vessel that the Lord can use at any time, at his disposal. After all, what am I going to do outside of God? And who am I? outside of God. As you probably can hear, I'm trembling. Not a lot of things make me tremble. You know, you have to be, it got to be like the tornado alarm goes off or something like that really makes me tremble. And standing here right now, I'm trembling. Let us pray. Our Father, our Lord, our God. You know me, dear God. And I don't need to tell you this morning who I am and what I am and how worthy I'm not. But you have called me, dear Father, and I had a choice. But I chose to answer the call. I stand behind you this morning. Give your people the message that you have prepared. And Father, some of us might not take it well. But please let everybody understand that I didn't just sit down and come up with this. It's whatever the Holy Spirit told me, that's what I did. Pour out your Holy Spirit this morning upon us, O oh God, because we are in need of your Holy Spirit, as in a time like this. I'm asking you, dear God, to consecrate us and open our minds in Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. From whose table are you eating? I grew up in a very humble home. 
And this morning I'm using humble to substitute poor. It was my dad and myself for a while. And my dad, I was about four years old. And my dad told me, never eat from anybody. Don't ever go to anybody's house except one. And don't ever take anything from anyone. So because of that, nobody gave me nothing. Nobody offered me nothing. I had one place that I went and Sunday mornings and I had my breakfast. But in the evenings, I've gone there for my dinner. If during the day I'm hungry after I've eaten off everything that my dad left in the house because as he's gone I start eating, I could go to this one house and have something to eat. I didn't realize what my father was trying to teach me. But as I start growing, I start realizing a lot of things. One of the things that I realized were, was young boys and young girls in the neighborhood would go to other people's house and they would eat and stuff like that. They would get food or whatever. And these very people would have their children in their house, but they send in other people's kids to corner store, to go get water at the standpipe and stuff like that. And their kids are in the yard. But because these other kids are coming there to eat, they could use them however they wanted to. As I grow old, it got worse. I saw the young men start taking handouts from dons and politicians. And the result was ugly. I thank my dad for the little lessons that I did so despise at the time. Today I ask, whose table are you eating from? There's only two tables being set up today. Two banquets are taking place. The Lord's or the devil. There is no middle ground. We are all eating. We are all eating. But from whose table are we eating? Thank you very much, Charles, for the scripture reading. Let us turn our Bibles, please, to 1 King chapter 18 and verse 12 to 19. You see, the story unfolds here of a situation that was taking place in the land of Israel. Ahab 
had married into paganism. Ahab was an Israelite. Ahab was supposed to have been a man of God. But Ahab stopped eating from God's table. Ahab was now eating from the table of his wife, Jezebel. The man was full with fluidity. He lost his manlyhood. He lost his godliness. And this is what happened when we turn away from God. We go eat from the wrong table. The time is now here where we have to know from whom we are eating. Verse 12 of 1 King 18, we see the Ahab, we saw Elijah meeting with the man of God, Obadiah. Obadiah to me seemed shaky. He wasn't on solid ground. Meeting with the man of God and was given a message to take to Ahab, Obadiah seems afraid to take the message. Like God has given his people a message to take to the world, but for some reason we have become soft. We are blowing in the wind. We are thinking about the consequences of what will happen to us if we deliver this message. He knowing who Elijah is, he said, when you are gone, when God take you and bring you to some secret place, the king is going to kill me. Is it that the same perspective we have today? God has given us a message, but because God is not here to defend us, we are saying, oh, well, what's going to happen to me after I deliver this message? From whose table are we eating? Because whomever we are eating from, they are the ones who are in control of us. If we are eating from the devil, it's not going to be good. We eating from the Lord, it will be good. And it is good, but it too is going to come with consequences. Are we afraid to face the consequences? And it came to pass... As soon as I am gone from you, that the Spirit of God will carry you to a place I do not know. So when I go and tell Ahab, and he cannot find you, he will kill me. But I, your servant, have feared the Lord from my youth. So here we see the man of God. Because we're going to hear him declare himself what he had done for God. And what he is doing for God. But at the same time, he is afraid to take a message to the king. 
Are Seventh-day Adventists today afraid to take the message to the people who are in need of the message? Or is it status preventing us? Are we just not interested anymore in the message? The big talk around almost every Seventh-day Adventist church today is what is happening. The pews are getting emptier and emptier and emptier, Sabbath after Sabbath, months after months. Why is that, though? Millions of dollars are being spent in just studying what is going on. It's a waste of time. And it's only going to get worse. You know why the pews are empty? Because nothing is being served. Nothing is being served. You come in empty and you go back out empty. Double empty. And you might come in and waste your time and leave hungry and there's nothing to eat. But we spend millions trying to find the simple answer to the question, what is going on? Brothers and sisters, we need to hold our leaders responsible for the word that is coming from the altar of God. We are becoming spiritual diabetics. Sugar-coated message week after week after week after week after week. Our body can't break down all the sugar no more. So we are becoming victim to our own selves. Sister White said the Bible is full of gem, but it is the present truth that we need. When last have we heard a message coming from the altar of God about what is happening around us? Jesus warned us. He warned us. He said, be vigilant. Look what's happening around us. It's so ironic. The world knows that something is going to happen. The world, the people of the world know something is going to happen. But God, people who are to be sounding the alarm are caught up in everything else but in the mission that God had given us to carry out. Verse 13. Was it not reported to my Lord what I did when Jezebel killed the prophets of the Lord, who I hid a hundred men of the Lord, of the Lord's prophet, fifty to a cave, and fed them with bread and water? Is this how we are going to approach God on that day? Lord, I did this and I did that. Lord, I helped. The people over here, I help your people over there. 
Brothers and sisters, it doesn't matter how much good we do. It doesn't matter what we do. If we are not in connection with God, everything is a waste. Because a lot of the things that have been done today is for self-gratification. This is what he said. Do you know not what I did? Self-gratification. God didn't spare Moses. When the children of Israel attacked Moses, Moses struck the rock and he said, didn't I give you water? And that took Moses from not entering to the promised land. Moses went this close. Like a lot of us will go this close and lose everything. But thank God for grace and mercy. Moses will inherit the promised land, the real promised land. We are to hold our pastors, our elders, and whomever come into God's church to preach God's word. Responsible. Yes, your, our salvation is an individual relationship with God. However, our leaders, the men and the women whom God has appointed to bring his message, should bring message with substance. Don't come sitting here every Sabbath after Sabbath and not being fed. If this is what's going to happen, find yourself a church. That the word of God, the all-time religion, where the preaching of the coming of Jesus Christ is echoing. Because brothers and sisters, they are still out there. They may be few, because it seems like our leaders are eating from the table of Jezebel. So they cannot bring the thus say the Lord. It seems like we have taken up the world and be caught in uncompromising positions that we cannot preach the thus say the Lord. Aren't you tired of seeing me appear with the same message time after time? Before Elder Ernest called me about being elected again, I got the message. And I was wrestling with it because I told my wife, I'm not going to be an elder no more. The message came before Elder Ernest called me. Brothers and sisters, we need to know what is happening. We need to know what is coming. We are at war. We are at war. Spiritual warfare. And we don't have an armor. 
We don't have an army. We are business as usual. When last have a Seventh-day Adventist pastor been prosecuted? When last? It's not happening. There's nothing to prosecute them about. Because they are not living the word. They are not preaching the word. But I tell you something. A couple years ago, a pastor by the name of Eric Welch, a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, a doctor, a man who could have gone and do other things. But this pastor was preaching the word. He was not holding back anything. He was preaching the thus saith the Lord, knowing that people were being offended, but he was not doing to, to offend anybody. The FBI came on him. The FBI. They took everything. They took everything. They took his sermon notes. They took his Bible. They took everything that this man had. Because he spoke, thus saith the Lord. He spoke against homosexuality. He spoke against sin. You know what happened to this man? Seventh-day Adventists distanced themselves from him. They wrote letters that we are not associated with this man. Everything was taken away from this young man. And you know who came to his rescue? A bunch of lawyers from the Sunday churches. Yeah. Our people distance themselves from this pastor. You can go on YouTube and hear his testimony. So if we're going to be connected with pastors and conferences and here and there, we are, we're going on a slippery slope into nowhere. Let's hold on to God. Let's learn God for ourselves. Sister White said there are others of other faith who will come, who are coming. But the sad part, there are others of this faith who will go. Bright minds will grow dim. Bright minds have already gone dim. You know, we like to talk about false prophets and when we talk about these things, we, we, we point on the Roman Catholic Church and we point on the Sunday Church. There are so many false prophets right here in God's church. Because if you are not preaching the word that God has given you to preach, you're a false prophet. Because the same word that Abraham took and leave everything that he had to follow a dream. It is the same message that an adulterous murderer named David heed to and wrote all those psalms to encourage you and I. It is the same message 
that even when their names were changed and they were given Babylonian names, it didn't change their character, that these three young men were able to stand in that fire. It is the same message that God has used to take a party animal like myself to stand here this morning. There is hope in the word of the Lord. Do not let anybody dilute God's word for you. It is there to cut us. Because when we are being pruned, we will be cut and we will be hurt. But God will never hurt his children. God will never, it will hurt God to see us going to hell. More than it will hurt him to prune us. Verse number 14. And now he say, go, tell your master, Elijah is here. He will kill me. This is the man of God. The man of God. Struggling for his life. This is the man of God who was afraid to take a message to a king who have already lost his kingdom to his wife and to paganism. A weak man. But yet, the man of God was afraid to take a message. Are we just like Obadiah today? Are we afraid to take the message that God has given us to take to our family? Our family, whom we love. Are we afraid today to take this message to our co-workers? Are we afraid to take this message wherever we go? Or are we afraid to be humiliated or we are just not into it? Are we afraid to die? What are we living for? Then Elijah said, As the Lord of hosts live, before whom I stand, I will surely present myself to him today. Where are the Elijahs? Where are the Elijahs? You know, Seventh-day Adventists like to talk about the Elijah message. We are the Elijah. We, we are the John the Baptist. We are, we, are, we, are, we are making the way for the coming, second coming of Jesus Christ. Are we? The man of God was ready. Was ready. He was wondering, wonder what Ahab is going to do to me. He wasn't worried about his life. All he wanted to do was to make sure he delivered a message that was given to him. That was his only concern. To deliver the message. What is taking us so long to deliver this message? Don't we see the things that are happening around us?
saw Obadiah went, saw Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. 17. Then it happened when Ahab saw Elijah that Ahab said to him, Is that you, O troubler of Israel? You see, God will always give his people power. So if we are powerless, it simply means that we are godless. If we read er earlier on in the 17 and beyond, there was no rain. Why? Because Elijah, the man of God, said there will be no rain. Why? Because Elijah was in unison with God. And whatever Elijah said, God made it happen. So here come Ahab. Is it you, O troubler of Israel? Because there was drought in the land. But you know, when you're not afraid to stand before kings and the officials of the world, the world rather, you will always have an answer. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you and your father's house have. And in that you have forsaken the commandments of the Lord and have followed Baal. Now we know how Baalism came into Israel. I mean, it was always there from Egypt when they came. But now, this was the major religion in the land where God was supposed to be worshipped and honored. Baalism. And brothers and sisters, if we are to study this religion, this religion is what is happening today in the United States of America and the world. Gay pride and all of that. Baalism. The evil that we see happening around us today is Baalism. From whose table are we eating? Are we eating from the menu that the Lord has given us? Or are we eating from the devil's table? You know, it was so funny how when the children of Israel were in the wilderness, they said they were, they were better off Slaves now had freedom. But yet they say they were better off in bondage. They were better off in Egypt where they were not even second class citizen. They were nobody. They were slaves. And here their God had taken them out of bondage. 
sending them into a land where, where they would be first-class citizens. But they say we were better off. Let us go back to eat from Pharaoh's table. When they were eating angel food. Is it that what we are today? We've been given God's food. But this is not what we seem to want. And that is why our churches are empty today. Because God's menu has been rejected. The word of God, the thus saith the Lord, has been rejected. We are so deep into the world that when we are out there, nobody can point us out and say we are different. I grew up in a little neighborhood in Jamaica, in a little community where when I saw a Seventh-day Adventist, we know those people. We used to call them Seventh-day people. Seventh-day people in Jamaican term, meaning Seventh-day Adventists. When they would come from up the college and you see that young lady, you know she's not one of us. When you see that young man, when they would come and they, they were called porters, I just come realize now that that's called porters. They were selling books. When they came to that little church in my community that was one of the only churches at that time, in probably 50 square miles, every last one of us, and we were kids playing soccer in the street, we know these people were different, and we know who they were. They were seven-day people. You know why? They look different than the young ladies in my community. Their appearance was different. Their attire was different. Everything about them were different. They look different than the young men in my community. Everything about them was different. Sad to say today people ask me if I'm a Seventh-day Adventist. So don't think this is about you. This is about us. Brothers and sisters, the time has long been spent. The time has long been spent. Why are we holding back the coming of Jesus Christ? Until this gospel of the kingdom reaches the whole world. And I, I am convinced now that it has reached the entire world. I didn't know about Guam until I heard that the gospel has been preaching Guam. Guam is so small that you don't even see it. It is even on the map. This gospel has reached the world, brothers and sisters. What are we doing? Because Jesus is going to come, regardless if we are ready or not. Nineteen. Now therefore, 
send and gather all Israel to me and Mount Carmel. The 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Ashtoran who eat at Jezebel's table. The WCC, the Royal Council of Churches, has appointed Pope Francis as their spiritual leader. Not the Holy Spirit, not Jesus Christ. But Pope Francis. Pope Francis had a right-hand man running with him by the name of Tony Palmer. I don't know if that name ring a bell around here. Very few people sitting here will know that name. Because Adventists don't know nothing that they are supposed to know. But they know everything that they should not be acquainted with. Tony Palmer was considered the Elijah and the John the Baptist. Tony Palmer met with all the evangelicals. You name them. And he told them, forget about this protesting that you guys have been doing for 500 years. Pope Francis is the man. Kenneth Copeland and all of them bought into it. And they say they want the Pope to be the leader of the World Council of Churches. After this man got everybody together, he was knocked off his motorcycle and he died. See, for Jesus to have entered the scene, to do what he came for, John the Baptist had to die. Tony Palmer is dead because he did the work that he was supposed to have done. He paved the work for the man of sin. Seventh-day Adventists, wake up. Wake up. The only thing left to happen Is for the National Sunday Law. Now, if when we leave out of here, alarm come on our phones or whatever, that the National Sunday Law has been passed. If we weren't ready yesterday, we will be lost. Remember, judgment began in the house of God. What are we waiting for? Right now, there's a hurricane again in New Orleans. Thank you, Amari. And just listening to CNN and reading and all of it, this hurricane is gone. God have mercy. I don't want to say it. 
Men have control over the weather now. They can do whatever they want to do now. Because they are in harmony with the devil. And Jesus already warned us. We have already gotten the warning in Matthew 24. We need to be going over these things. We need to be checking. California had an earthquake a couple weeks ago. A 6.5 the Thursday, a 7 the Friday. Reading CNN, they say it's all, this is in the making for over 150 years. They said the big one is coming. This is how CNN entitled it. The big one is coming. And trust me, it is coming. If I didn't know better, I would start giving in to these weathercasters and these people who are predicting the weather. They say we're going to start having category 9 hurricanes. If they say it, it will happen. If they say it, it is going to happen. Not because it's not happening in a neighborhood near you or in your neighborhood. It is coming. It is coming. I'm not here to bring darkness. I'm here to bring light into the darkness. Because we are in the darkness. Because we have closed the thus says the Lord. God's word is light. And there is no darkness in the word of God. Brothers and sisters, we started late today. The message is not over. But I will stop here. Something for us to think about. Where are we? And while our musicians come forward, I just want to say, we spend so much time disliking our president. Regardless of not, he's the president of the United States of America. But I want you to listen when this man speaks. Because this man is a fulfillment of prophecy. Every time this man opens his mouth, he fulfills. The beast speaking like the dragon. Children are still in cages. Today, ICE is going to do a nationwide crackdown. Every last one of us here know somebody who comes here undocumented. Not because they want to, like Elder Wilton said this morning. When I heard him say those words, I know the Holy Spirit was with me. Because those were the last thing he had me write down on a paper last night. Every last one of us knows somebody. This land is a refugee land. 
This is the land of refugees. God himself gave this land for refugees. But the devil has got it. If you think the president is not a man of his word, you ask the evangelicals who have given him the office. Not your votes. Not your votes. The evangelicals. Because he's writing everything that they ask him into law. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is coming soon. Let's be ready. Hymn, hymn number 647, Mine Eyes Have Seen the Glory. Sorry, closing him. The glory of the coming of the Lord is trampling out the vintage where the maids of righteous sword as it will make man holy. Let us live to make man whole while God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His truth is marching on. He has sounded for the trumpet that shall never sound retreat. He's sitting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Our God is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Our God is marching on. In the beauty of the Christ was born across the sea with a glory in his blossom plants and figures you and me. His night is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Father, Lord, O oh God, have mercy upon us, your children, O oh merciful Father. Strengthen us, O oh God, to be able to stand in whatever may come and whoever may come, dear God. Let us stand knowing that we are standing up for you and you are standing with us. Forgive us, please, of our sins, of all iniquities, O oh God. Father, 
Save us your children, please. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated, please.